G'day everyone, this is Greg Ryan and welcome to episode 37 of Rare and Resilient 1 in 5000 podcast where we're talking IARM. and today we are very fortunate to be joined by Naomi from Yorkshire in the UK who is the mother of little Rolf who just turned three over the weekend who was born with IARM. Welcome Naomi. Morning, good morning. Yes, it's good morning there and it's good evening here. It's very early here. Naomi, if you just want to give us a bit of a brief insight into your journey with Ralph. Um, okay, all right. So Ralph's um, my fourth child and it was by far my hardest pregnancy. From work, pretty much from about eight weeks, we knew something wasn't right. I bled during my pregnancy and then we had a scan at 20 weeks and that kept um, picked up some vertebral like anomalies so we were sent for extra tests and um, scans and we were advised to have some chromosomal studies which we which was only offered at about 24 weeks but we had, we decided not to go with that so eventually we had a, a 4d scan of his vertebra and um, when we had that the um, we were sent to a different trust to have it done and they gave us um, a plan to put in place um, for when Ralph was born in hindsight, looking back, I think that was to rule out Vactral stuff. But anyway, um, but at the time, no one explained that to us. And I had no idea what Vactral was or anything, really. I just thought he had an issue with his spine. So anyway, Ralph arrived very quickly one Friday morning. And um, we had about an hour of bliss. And it was lovely. Um, but we was told initially we can't feed him. And I think that was just to rule out any esophageal issues. So about an hour after he was born, um, one of the junior doctors came and to try to do these checks the pl- to sort out the plan that was put in place. And I- I'll never forget, it was just me and my husband were talking about it last night, the-, the look on that junior doctor's face when she would check in his bum and-, and she just looked at us and said, I'm going to have to go get someone senior. And as far as we were concerned, it, it was just his spine that had an issue. And then he, um, they came back and told us that he um, had no anus. Um, you, your world just falls apart. I just, I, you never expect it's going to be, you never in a million years think that there's something going to be wrong with your child. And I thought we were pretty prepared because we had an idea what we're, that there was something wrong, but yes. not, not an additional thing. And it just went so fast that week. So he was um, transferred from our local hospital out of the county because there was no paediatric surgical bed. So we were had to blue lighted to a different hospital where he had his surgery a day old. So he had his colostomy and mucus fistula formed. By the time we got there at 12 hours in, he was passing stool by um, urethralis with his urine. So we knew that he had a fistula. So we went for surgery. Now, my background, I'm a, I'm a nurse, um, but I'm also a surgical nurse in adults. I actually spent six months of my nursing many years ago as a stoma nurse. So when the nurses at this hospital found out that this was my background, they were quite happy for us to be discharged home quite quickly because they, I think, presumed that I'd be quite confident in doing most of this stuff but and doing his stoma cares and all that malarkey. So we were, tra- we were discharged quite quickly, but within days, Ralph's wound broke down and stoma broke down and um, he had an open wound in his tummy and oh, it was a nightmare. So he ended up back in hospital and all sorts of issues. And then obviously COVID came along and everything got delayed and he didn't end up having his PSAT 
operation till he was over a year old. He had lots of little complications and little surgeries in between. Um, so he had his piece out when he was about a year old, and then we struggled for a whole year with dilatations. It were awful. It were one of the worst times, but I think made harder because of COVID, so we didn't have that much support. So it took us a year to get to his desired size. Um, he had to have, um, he had a prolapse. And I remember emailing you about it actually going, this is awful, like I don't, don't know what to do. I felt so on my own and my husband's an accountant, so he had no idea. And and I just, I, I don't want to say the one with support. I just think everything just collapsed almost because of COVID and we were, everyone were just, just struggling on at home. And so it took us a year to get to the desired size. Um, and then he had his, colostomy reversed just about 11 months ago so we're now in the period of trying to get them in like the pattern of um getting used to his bowels which is like another journey so yeah that's that's Ralph's story so I know that we've spoken about this previously Uh, do you think because the medical team knew you were a nurse that that probably affected the way they treated you I, did, I think, to be honest, Ralph's had about eight admissions into hospital, I think. We were trying to count up. And I very, I don't like saying to him, I'm a nurse, and I don't like saying I'm a surgical nurse, because I don't want people to presume that I, we are, because it's so different when it's, when it's your own child. Yeah, you have an idea of things going on, but I do think you get treated a little differently. And there's the presumption there that you know what's what's going on and, don't get me wrong, I do know what's going on, but I don't. I, I think you do get treated a little differently. And, and But it worked to my advantage as well. Like, I've got three other children, and I am desperate to get home to them other children. And if when I feel safe with Ralph, don't get me wrong, I'll push it and say I feel happy enough to go home. And I suppose there's aspects of if I need to get hold of people, I, I know what to do, I know how to get hold of them, and, you know. So I, I obviously use that for our benefit as well, but... I think initially when we were transferred to the different trusts, we were out of area. We didn't know where we were going to stay. I've got three kids dumped everywhere else, like in different houses. And I remember thinking, I've never seen a colostomy on a on a baby before. I don't know what to do. I, I don't know what to do. I didn't want to touch him. It was awful. But you soon settle in. But I think I just we just got on with it. But I don't think you realise until afterwards. You think I feel out of my comfort zone now. So yeah. So how did you find dealing with Ralph's stoma compared to, as you say, you you were a stoma nurse for adults? Was it a totally different experience? Well, uh, do you know what? I've, I've been qualified 15 years as a nurse. I'm a nurse practitioner now, but I see stomas on a regular, like, daily basis. It's not – I just had a secondment for, like, six months as a stoma nurse, and it's so completely different because the you're – as an as – an, adult you're encouraged to look after your stoma so you're there to support a person you're not there constantly like and I don't know about other other parents in situations where they've got a, a newborn with a stoma but you're constantly changing that bag and it's exhausting and it were it were awful and we got you get told that it'll only be for a few months it went on for two and a half years nearly it were awful it were it were just but now in hindsight I, I kind of miss the bag sometimes because <laughs> His bowels are all, all so up and down that we almost had the security and safety of that bag we'd got used to. And now I'm like, you don't know when he's going to go. It's a nightmare. There's no pattern to it at all. But from an adult, 
adult stoma to paediatric baby stoma, um, yeah, it was, um, they were almost two separate entities. They're so different. I understood how they worked, but it was really hard getting my head around it. I almost wished I were like my husband that no, I had no idea. So, <laughs> Did the PSAP take so long because of COVID? So I mentioned before he had um, his, mu- his mucus fistula was done and it, it completely closed over because of a wound infection. So he couldn't have his lupogram to check for his fistula. We had to have his mucus fistula refashioned so then he could have his lupogram. So that delayed stuff a bit. And then by the time he'd had his lupogram and they'd confirmed he'd got this, I think he has a, a re- he had a rectobulbar fistula, which I think it's I think it's quite near his bladder. So then they started putting plans in place and then he COVID as soon as they started putting plans in place, COVID hit. And then, um, I don't know what it were like where you guys are, but they stopped doing quite a lot of elective surgeries for a period of time. Um, and then we got to about October and they started doing that, which was another like stressful time because it was only me that could go into hospital and I had to stay in the same ward. And especially the first time around, it was it was awful because you were just stuck in this one bed with a child that's, that it was only just over one year old and it, 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 it were constantly wanting to get out. I remember him pulling his catheter out and the consultant being furious. And I was just like, this is awful. You didn't have any respite. So I think COVID had an element of it. Um, yeah, it definitely got delayed. But the Ralph had a few issues. And um, I think he got a temperature one time and they refused to do the surgery. And But then it felt like it happened again to get to his... It took another year and a bit to get to his next surgery. So, yeah, it's oh, been a journey. Sorry. So it took a year between the PSAP and the closure of the colostomy. Yeah. Now, I had no idea um, how long it would take. Uh, they give you an idea, and it's only since, I think, in the last few months, I've joined a forum on Facebook. So as a nurse, I really struggled during COVID with Facebook and social media. And I remember coming off it completely, and I found, like, you via Instagram, I think, which I found a bit more. But I found it really hard as a nurse um, in COVID. Um, so I just came off it. So we, and then I, I ran a marathon, so I needed to get some sponsorship. So I got my um, Facebook up and running again. And then I joined a, a forum. And it was only when I've joined that forum and you see other people's journeys, you realise actually there's, there's some kids that are having the piece that done within a few months of being born. And I was like, oh my goodness, like that wasn't our journey at all. It was so drawn out. It were, it went on forever. <laughs> we were delayed as well, because he ended up going, being quite poorly. Um, before he had his colostomy, he ended up having to go back to theatre. We were quite poorly with a, a collection. So he had to go have that drained. And and then he ended up with chicken pox. You know what it's like? There's always one thing after another. And it just, it honestly, it were a nightmare. But it's fine. We got there in the end. We're just now this next stage. And I remember when he were born and my mum was, so Ralph was born pre-COVID. So my mum and my husband were there. And I remember as soon as he said that he had, had no anus I knew exactly what it, it you know it was. there was no explanation needed and I looked at my mum and cried and said I'm gonna have a son that's incontinent whereas my husband had no idea he were like he had no idea what was going on he were just it were whereas I did I knew exactly I see people in clinic adults in clinic that have the same conditions but 30 year on so they're managing you know having to manage the issues Ralph was having now and I, it filled me with abs it, I just sobbed but 
you've just got to get on with it, haven't you? And like you said recently to me, he doesn't know any different and, and that is his normal. And I'm like, yes. yeah, you're right, actually. Absolutely right. Like, I never even thought of it like that. But it is, this is his normal. And, and actually, Ralph's pretty laid back. He's so, like, chilled. He's like... But I think, I don't know what other kiddies are like. You read these forums and, you you, you know, there's some... T- kids that are toilet trained and whatever and oh, he's nowhere near <laughs> doesn't have any idea yes I don't know what we're going to do but we're just at the moment trying to manage um with laxatives and yep. and a combination of stuff but I don't know we're just I can't be bothered stressing about it any longer it is what it is and we've just got to get on with it and accept that this is life now I suppose but it took me a while to get to that point um, I remember thinking what have I done? What, what have I done something in my pregnancy to do? What have I done? Is it my fault? I think that goes with anything. If you've got a child born with any issues, you think you blame yourself, don't you? So. What did they find with the spine when he was born? How how's that been? So um, so he's under the spinal team at, um, at the local hospital as well. Well, actually, it's not. He goes to a different hospital. So um, so he's initially found to have an anomaly between his um, T12 and L1 vertebra. So initially they thought it were hemivertebrate, but it wasn't until he had to, was born and he had his he had an MRI and CT. They were put to sleep for that. And they found that he actually has an, an extra vertebra, but it's a wedge vertebra. So he has an element of, well, kyphosis and and it's, it's got a spinal curvature basically. So he has to go six monthly at the moment to monitor the degree of his spine curvature with a plan possibly to remove the, this extra vertebrae that's making it I don't think they touch him and touch that until he's a certain age because we've got to wait for the spine to be a bit more formed because I think they're going to have to fuse this vertebrae I think that's the idea but again that's another thing you've got to try and make a decision on your child that's based on a prediction we don't we don't know how he's going to be it may get worse. It may stay pretty static. So that's why he goes to the regular um, x-rays to keep an eye on the percentage of this curvature. Maybe they'll... It, so maybe he'll have another surgery. We, we don't really know. He had a prolapse repair. It, it was okay, actually. Actually, I've all the surgeries that this is the one he probably bounced back. And the reason he had the prolapse repair was because we were struggling doing the dilatations. We were getting nowhere. We couldn't do it. It was awful. Um, and he thought that I, I couldn't understand. And again, I emailed you. I'm like, just explain to me why. Why has he got a prolapse when he's not passing any stool? Like, why? This is ridiculous. Like, nothing's coming through. He's got his colostomy. And it was getting harder and harder. And, you know, I remember texting about him. I'm like, oh, of course, he has some, he'll have mucus. You still get some bowel function, don't you? Irrelevant of what's, there's nothing passing through it. So he had a bit of a prolapse repair. It was only a day case, but things did settle down from then and we, we bounced back from it and we managed to get there with his dilation, like dilatations then. Um, but yeah, it were all right with that one. It were, as the grand scheme of things, that were probably the easier of the operations. Now, I know that we've spoken about this, that you feel like at, the, at, at this age still, you need to sort of like justify why you're still in nappies. Oh. It's funny actually because I've just I don't know how they do it in Australia, but in England, once they get to three, they get thirty hours of free childcare, so you can apply to wherever to use these um, child childcare hours. And my kids have always gone to the nursery attached to the school, um, so that it's a, a rather than going to a private nursery. 
Um, and it fills me with dread because all these kids, the, the expectation is you're going to have children at nappies by the time they go. Well, it's awful. I hate having to try and explain to people why you're having to go use a baby change still when your child's up and walking and talking to you. And, and, and you know, it's, it, he has a full conversation with you, but he's still in nappies. I'm sure people do, and I'm sure it's just me being probably a little oversensitive, but it's just going to get worse, isn't it? It's not something that's going to sort straight away, no matter how much. Someone says to me, who said it to me? Someone said, oh, we'll just put him on the potty. And I'm like, isn't that simple? He's got absolutely no idea when he's going to the toilet. Absolutely no idea. He'd walk around with a poo in his nappy all day, Ralph would. He'd done, done, and he'll say to him, Ralph, did you not know that were happening? And he were like, no, mummy. It's it's a horrible feeling, but you know you've just got we've got broad shoulders. We've just just one of the things. But I dread the school thing, the nursery thing, because I think it's not too bad when they're younger, but the older they get, kids can be cruel, can't they? So oh yeah, but we, we say that all the time, and that a lot of the parents have that same issue. I know one one of the main reasons why you're doing this podcast is because you're so passionate about getting it out there that kids with IA ARM need to be. People need schools and everyone, family, and that they need to know, don't they? Because it's just, yeah. it's such a personal thing that it's really, it's just the family unit, the only ones that have to deal with it. And then to try and explain it over and over again, it's just impossible. It is. It is. I'm so lucky that I actually think I work in a, um, in a surgical environment that my manager actually has a, an amazing idea of what's going on and I've been so supported so well by work that I don't think that's the same in others in you know my husband probably won't have got the same treatment I mean he were lucky because it was COVID so he worked from home for two years so that worked out perfectly with Ralph and childcare I don't think it's this I think I've been extremely lucky from that point that we, I've got the support from work because they know and they understand and they understand the anatomy of it all. They understand, you know, the issues. They know that now he's had the surgery, he's still got actually his, his issues are, are a lot harder in a way to manage. So it must be real. I do feel sorry for people that are having to try and manage it all with, with people that have no idea. It's the repetitive explanation, isn't it? And actually my response now when people say to me, how's Ralph? I'm like, yeah, it's okay. Same old, same. It's the same. Like, because I don't know. I, I'm exhausted with explaining it. But I think that goes with any condition, like any any child that has any, um, you know, issues. There must be the repetitive explanation time and time again that it's just exhausting. And to look, and this, the hardest thing is to look at Ralph, and this goes with any kids with um, IA, and he looks pretty normal. You know, he's a normal kid. He's a clever kid, yeah. It's that hidden, hidden disability thing, and actually it's more you know paramount to us now that it's 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 affected us now and you never you, you talk to people about you know you know people have um, disabilities or whatever and you can't see them but you never think it's going to be you and it, it is it's happening to us it's us it's our, our life constantly how do his older brothers and sisters cope with it all and do they understand so Ralph's, I've got two older boys, so my eldest is 15, and then I've got a 13-year-old, and then I've got a little girl in the middle that's six. The older boys are really good. I really, we really struggled when we were doing the dilations, because that was the one thing we we hid from everyone. So yep. we hid it, because 
so that went, because it went on for so long, it just felt like they knew something was going on. But, you know, because I've got a 15-year-old still up, you know, of course, we're having to do it twice a day, three times a day. You know, there's, there's going to be times where they're like, what are you doing? And you're having to shut them out. And that were really hard, that aspect of it. But they, they're really good. They're really, really good with Ralph. They're, they're amazing. You know, my older boys now, you know, I'm glad actually they take a bit of the bur- like the, the load because they help with nappies and stuff because you're constantly changing nappies sometimes. So they're really good with that kind of thing and they understand it all. And uh, Well, I think they understand it all. They know that he were born with no bottom um, and trying to explain to them him that even though he's now got a, an, an anus that actually it do not work the same. So it's just getting ahead. But then again, it just goes back to what we were saying. It's educating people and... I think the biggest thing with kids is it's okay to be different. It's and that's what I'm saying. It's okay to be different, and there are people in the world that are different, and and it's accepting that. So it's been a learning curve for them and my 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 family, but they accept. They're really good with him. Like and Ralph's like, he's so advanced for his age. He's such a clever kid. You know, telling me about different animals the other day, and I'm thinking, how do you know this? You're not even three yet. But you know, it's amazing. So. You know, from a developmental point of view, is 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 a dream. Is brilliant, but we can't have everything, can we? <laughs> no, no. Now I know one of your passions in life is running. Oh yeah. And you said you you did a marathon. So how important has the running been for you since Ralph was born? I mean, I've always used running as a bit of an escape. I wouldn't say I'm an amazing runner. My husband's a really good runner. Um, so we have to tag team almost to get our runs in on a daily basis with four children that do millions of sports. But I think you need, as a parent with any child that's got any type of um, issues, disabilities or whatever, you need to find an escape. But that, that's the one thing, having... 20 minutes there, even 20 minutes, 30 minutes a day, just to go get away from everything, clear your head. Even everywhere in the world can feel so much better after going and doing some exercise. And and I'm a huge advocate for it. I know I always have been, but I'm a huge advocate for to just going and clearing your head, going for a walk, but or going for a run. And yeah, so and that's that, that yeah, that's why I decided to run a marathon. I thought, you know what, I'll get I'll do a marathon. Can raise some pennies along the way as well. Well done, now uh, That's fantastic. So, what's the what's upcoming now for Ralph? Like, has he got any more surgeries coming, or it's just a matter of waiting, see, and work out what works for his bowel management? Oh, I don't, I don't really know. I feel like we're just stuck in a bit of a limb at the moment, just trying to struggle through with the laxatives and trying to find an idea of of getting a pattern, but. We've got no pattern. He opens his bowels multiple times a day at different times of the day, no, no matter what time we give him his laxatives. So we've got an appointment in a few weeks with his consultant. I'm hoping they'll talk to us about his bowel management from a point of view, whether they're starting on some suppositories or something. But he's got no more planned surgeries from his bowels point of view. It's just, I suppose, managing managing. I think the thing is, is the expect. It, it, what are we expect? What are we expecting? If someone says to me, you know, this, 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 after he's had this surgery, that you expect this, but they're in. Is the that you don't know? You don't know how many times he's going to go. What what is normal? Well, they're in normal, and you know, some days he'll open his bowels about ten times a day, and then sometimes he's not so bad, and oh, some you know, most nights he don't go down. Some about. 
half past 11 at night because we have to do that late night nappy change and it's exhausting but so I hope that when we see his consultant in a few weeks they'll be able to um we'll be able to get a better idea of um, bowel management and maybe the next step because I don't feel like I feel like we've been stuck in this trying to get a, a pattern for the last six months and it's no different to well when when he had his surgery you know 11 months ago so yeah that's the next step and um, I don't know whether we'll end up with some suppositories or something I don't know but they, ma- they manage this very differently wherever you are in the world I think and I don't know we'll just have to see I just it is what it is isn't it you can't get too wrapped up in it and just think we'll get there and we will get there I'm sure like what is normal anyway so Ralph has his own normal so but no he's it's oh it's a nightmare but it could be worth the one thing that I remember saying Ralph was when Ralph was transferred out of county to this it was Sheffield Children's Hospital and we were on a surgical paediatric ward and there were some poorly kiddies on there I remember sitting there thinking this could be so much worse and actually it was a bit of a reality check that I thought you know what we can do this. We can, it's horrible. This is awful. But this could be so, so much worse. There were some kiddies that were there for weeks and weeks and weeks and weeks. And I thought, how do families cope with this? So I've always got to try and think. And I've always thought from that day, like, it could be worse. And actually, we are so blessed to have Ralph. And like, yeah. You know what? All kids have issues. There's a, you know, that if it's not physical issues, you know, there's something always going on with your children. So you've just got to embrace it, and and that's what I keep. We all have down days. That's and that's okay. I think you're gonna have days where it gets on top of you, and you think this is rubbish. But I always try go back to it could be worse, and it could be, and actually, is a dream really. Is a is a gorgeous little boy, but. With perfectly imperfect, as we call him. <laughs> oh, that's a very that's a very good uh, analogy. And <laughs> how have you coped with it all yourself, like from an emotional level? Sounds like you've had the ups and downs as well. Yeah, I think I, I don't know. I don't know if it were just because. Yeah, do you think your experience of being a nurse has helped in that respect? Yeah, I feel like I'm pretty. Um, level-headed about stuff and optimistic and pragmatic but I definitely feel like I've probably dealt with the situation a lot I've got on with it like my husband when we were doing the dilations couldn't do it all he couldn't he couldn't do it it really upset him and I were like right I'm just gonna have to suck this up and get it on I'll get on with it and it's awful but we put it in a box put it in a box and don't think about it you know it's absolutely horrific what you have to do to your little baby and the older he got the harder it was because he were fighting with us and you were having a man handle him to do it and and you have to put it in a box and I think I'm quite good at compartmentalizing stuff because I think you have to for the job I do really you have to be able to leave work and think enough now right I'm coming home to my family and I suppose I did issue I did deal with aspects of Ralph's issues a bit like that but then you have days where it does get on top of you. So, and I think it's okay. And that's what I mean. It's okay to be fed up. But then also, COVID were an absolute blessing in disguise because, like I said, you know, my husband were at home. I got to spend more time at home with them, you know, whereas that wouldn't have happened. He'd have had to go to childcare or whatever. And so we're so blessed with that. It was almost a, you know, it was a blessing having COVID for whatever. I mean, it feels like it's still about, yeah. But yeah, I think like I dealt with it. Um, 
I still, like I say, have issues where we, I, I get a bit emotional about it, but don't all parents? like You have a very positive attitude, I believe. Well, we could we could look at look at and think why us and don't get me you do think that this why us there's always you know but it could be worse so and we're blessed to have him the little monkey. <laughs> so we've covered a few things, uh, Naomi. Is there anything else that you'd like to talk about? Just about how how I've dealt with the. I feel like I could have. Um, I wish that I accessed certain things like the forums and stuff a bit earlier rather than thinking I'm superwoman and superhuman and I can sort it on my own. Because actually, I feel like so some of the online forums, um, I, I struggled with when, when I, and I, um, there's aspects of them that I found quite hard to deal with. But however, on the flip side, they were extremely informative. And at the any little question you, you can ask and you, someone answers them straight away, and um, which is brilliant. Um, and actually, it, it was simple stuff like insurance when you're going abroad, like, what, what do I do for Ralph? Flicked through a forum, got the answer straight away. What do I do about Ralph's when we're on holiday, like swim nappies? Like, I don't know what to do. Like, I don't, I don't know what, to, what are the best ones. Like, I've just used the throwaway ones. Is What do people do? Because we're going abroad. I can't take an abundance of nappies with us. So, you know, the forums are a absolute blessing for little issues but again it can it can it, it did feel a bit of an emotional like roller coaster reading some of the stuff on there which I, I struggled I think that's the side I struggled with so to me was um a, if no one's done it or I've not thought about it look up some of the social media forums for IA and ARM because they are brilliant but also keep in mind that how IA and and stuff's managed is completely different wherever you go so what's normal for your consultant might not be the same as in a different country so yeah that's the big thing for me like there seems a bit like well why is that happening here and not there and I'm like because they manage stuff differently and, and that's how it is isn't it yep and plus every single case is different too so Naomi thank you so much for being so open with us and positive as well like even though you've had some tough episodes with Ralph and you're still going through it I, I think people will, will feel like your positive attitude really come through so it's been wonderful chatting to you because the first time we've chatted other than being online hey it is it is it's been lovely speaking to you yes yeah, speaking face to face rather than texting <laughs> yeah it's been lovely no. thank you all right we'll give Ralph a big high five for me yeah I can't believe he's not come in yet so we've done well <laughs> you have done well All right, Naomi. Bye-bye. Bye.